I'm Matt Collins, your congressman and a friend of the family. I want to share with you a poem by Robert Frost. Nothing gold can stay. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. That was Congressman Matt Collins, who you'll hear from later in this mini-sode and insider exclusive. That was at the Jonesboro First Baptist Church, where Tara's funeral was held on January 24, 2001. It was a service that some reports guessed was attended by thousands to honor the life of the young woman that you've grown to know and love throughout this podcast, and who many of you knew personally, a life so violently and viciously taken. Hi there, I'm Cameron J, and welcome to this Insider Exclusive, featuring moments from Tara Baker's funeral. Now, I obtained this directly from the family, and here's an interesting story I wanted to share with all of you before we dig into this. It was handed to me by way of cassette tape, actually, and I really have not seen one of these since Santa brought me one in the 90s to listen to cassette tapes. So, anyway, it was something I hadn't seen in a long time, and after a lot of trial and error, yes... I was finally able to convert the tape to a digital file to share not only with the family, but with their permission to share with some of you too. I found listening to this funeral, y'all, to be very healing for me. Um, Getting to know Tara and her family so closely throughout this podcast. Um, So I hope it'll be really healing for some of you too. Some of you who knew her, those of you who've gotten to know her here. I promised the family and all of you that when I started this podcast that I would do my best to stay focused on Tara and her life. Just as much as we focus on the way that she left this world. The horrific way she left this world. That's why I'm sharing this with all of you. Now, as a former apprentice funeral director and embalmer, I have sat through my fair share of funerals. But Tara's was different. It was moving. It was unique. Several people spoke, beginning with her great-uncle, Jim Patry, who spoke on behalf of Tara's family. Tara Louise Baker. Tara was born a very bright child. She began walking at nine months and reading at three years. She attended Kemp Elementary School, Mondays Mill, and Lovejoy Middle School, where she was active in many student functions and bands. While attending Lovejoy High School, Tara was selected most outstanding social science student and most outstanding foreign language student in the same year. She also finished third in the state high school foreign language competition. Upon her graduation in 1995, Tara received a Hope Scholarship and enrolled in Georgia College and State University. There she was active in student government as well as being an officer in the Alpha Delta Pi sorority. Tara graduated cum laude in 1998 with degrees in both political science and paralegal services and took a position with Hancock and Eccles in Forest Park, Georgia. Tara moved to Athens in 1999 and worked with the law firm of Fortson and Bentley until her acceptance in the University of Georgia School of Law where she served as a student senator. 
She had just completed her first semester. When I was asked to do this, invited to do this, I started praying and saying, Lord, help me in this. Because there are so many of you who knew her so much more intimately. Uh, our family admired their family so very much. And we would share family events and, and that, but not on a day-to-day basis. And I started asking, uh, give me some words to share, some thoughts to share. And maybe not surprisingly, the Lord gave me three words that I want to talk about. And, and they were light, excuse me, they were light, light, and love. And as I thought about those words, I thought I, I, wanted, I want some scripture to, I wonder where, what can I look for scripture that would speak to these also? And that was not hard to find, and maybe these were obvious words anyway. But from John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Here I have that. And in Matthew, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a barrel. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I know that all of you saw that light in terror. And it was interesting to me as I had those words and thought of those verses and talking with Virginia and Lindsay and asking them for as for thoughts to share. And they put many put a number of thoughts down and I, I thought perhaps of talking about them. But again I I think I don't want to miss a word of what was on their heart as they shared some thoughts. And they're not necessarily in, in any order, but uh, but hear the heart behind the words. Family thoughts. Tara was an old-fashioned lady from the start of her life. As a baby, she was a serious little thing. She was born with grace. Her emotions were deliberate and controlled. She was a stickler for protocol and the correct, genteel way of doing things. And we skip a lot of years, but maybe we didn't skip any that was that flowed through all those years. Her clothes were conservative, her makeup always enhanced her beautiful face, never overpowering her delicate features. She furnished her apartment with carefully selected antiques. She was proud of her family's heritage. We always had in our family ladies. Women, girls, mothers, grandmothers, sisters, aunts, cousins, all of them. Tara truly reveled in being a part of such a fine tradition of womanhood. When a new person met Tara, they would always mention how taken they were with her strong, outgoing smile and demeanor. She was a ray of light. Mind you, we had not talked about those words, but you'll see that repeated many times. One of Tara's uncles once said, you never had to wonder how Tara felt about you. Her love was so obvious. 
She had a special way of making each one of us feel like we were her very favorite. And you probably each one thought that she was just kidding all the others. Her eyes were bright, her smile so sweet. She had a beautiful glow that lit all our lives. She had a small body and a huge spirit, always kind, loving, generous. However, it crossed that she would put her foot down and display the fire and steel that all fine southern women possess. Tara loved antiques, old black and white movies, novels, baseball. She was truly a special little lady who touched all our lives and will be sorely missed. And I'd like to share something from her grandmother, Barbara Patry, who wrote these, what she described as heartfelt thoughts from her grandmother. She was a symbol of purity and goodness and a shining light in this sometimes dark and decadent world. She was a sweet bud of a rose and as fragile and as gentle as a little fawn, but also with spunk when necessary. From the expectation of her being born, she brought joy to my life, and the joy and excitement of her existence has continued with the overwhelming pure joy for all her family in four, into four generations. Tara was always a child with a mission. Very, very early in her life, her mission was her brother, Adam, and then Sister Meredith, and then Brother Kevin. And we live in a culture and time when we often hear the word sibling rivalry. I think that was uh, barred at the door in that home. There was no rivalry. There was love. I, uh, Virginia said that there was an assistant mom. And she had such love. She poured so much of herself into Adam and Meredith and Kevin. She wanted to be and was a role model for them uh, all through her life. She had such a love and compassion. She loved had, from the youngest to the oldest. Uh, in her time in high school with the Beta Club, uh, they'd administer at Christian City, and she was very much involved in that. College with the Alpha Delta Pi Sorority, uh, very much involved with children's ministries at the Ronald McDonald House, uh, and active in that. Right from the beginning, she seemed like she always knew where she was going and what it took to get there. Uh, some of those of you who are fellow students with her commented humorously that when Tara never went anywhere, just sort of strolling, even if she was going from the classroom to the parking lot, she was going somewhere. Her beautiful erect posture and, and her, she was going somewhere. She was always on a mission. It might be a small one or a huge one. At the very young age of 14, just going into high school, she determined she wanted to become a lawyer and then a judge, looking out way ahead. 
and she prepared herself, as we saw through the uh, events that took in her life, and that was uh, that was her focus. She she just always had that mission. She did as an activity that my wife enjoys doing. She goes to a new community or a new place or a historic place. She go to the cemetery to re- look at the gravestones and see the history and see what, imagine what those lives were like and, and what the, and who these people were. Uh, Virginia tells a story that happened relatively recently which says so much about she was driving down the road and saw a little uh, small cemetery on the side of the road and out of curiosity stopped and pulled off the road she was alone and went up to it and saw these uh, these very old and what attracted her was it looked to be like a very old graveyard and then she noticed off on one side just a little distance away it was a very small grave all grown over, and she went and pulled them in, and it turned out it was a grave of a young six-year-old child, and it was all overgrown and neglected and abandoned. And what Tara did was she spent about a part of the next hour pulling off the, the weeds and the... Uh, and all the brush that were growing over and talked to her mother, talking about her mother to her mother about it later, said she cut her hand up a little bit, but she would heal fine, and cleaned that grave all up and then stopped and cried and prayed for that child and for those who were not able, or whatever the circumstances were that caused that neglect, that little situation. There's so much more to be said, there's so much left unsaid for which I'll let you fill that in with your own memories and your own precious experiences that you shared with her. But she left a legacy of memory and this wasn't even in my mind on the program, but I would uh, say that I would give a charge to Adam to Meredith, Kevin, to keep that light. Now, the next speaker was an officer from the Athens-Clark County Police Department, and he went on to give a mini-sermon, but he did speak about the case and the work the police department was apparently doing on Tara's case at the time. Take a listen. I'm with the Athens-Clark County Police Department. I consider it a privilege to be able to be in law enforcement. But also, I'm a minister, and I consider that a greater privilege. Because I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Savior when I was 13 years old. And it was an honor to be able to counsel, to comfort Mr. and Ms. Baker, Meredith, Matt, when they came into the police department. And try and fill 
some of the question marks. You have our department, my chief and our department's sorrow at this. You have my mayor and the city and county of Athens, Clark County, sorrow at this. And their assurance that this investigation is ongoing and will continue. And folks, let me tell you something. You say, how can I pray? Pray for this family right here. But also pray for those investigators that are working this case. So that this crime can be solved. Tara also worked with a lot of people who could testify to her professional nature, and that was from the law firm here in Athens to the law firm of Mr. Hancock, who said Tara became like a daughter to him during her time there. Of course, Sherry and I have a tendency to treat our employees like our children. When you've got six of them, three or four more don't matter. You know, you just don't miss them. But uh, Tara was one of those that just fell into that mold. She became a child of ours as much as, as our own children are. The second characteristic, though, real fast behind that love that she had was a characteristic of single-mindedness. Uh, I don't know that I have ever met anybody that knew as much about what they wanted to do at that age as she did. Mr. Patrick said, I mean, it wasn't just I'm going to graduate from college and I'm going to go to law school. It was I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to be a judge. She had long-term plans. And as I thought about that, I, I thought as in her younger years, you may have called that single-mindedness stubbornness, you know, maybe hard-headedness at some times. But in the world... What I like to call it is determination and dedication. And that's like gold. Tara was overflowing with those characteristics. She had it all. As I got to know her a little bit better, Patrick, I think where she learned those things was sitting on that counter up there at the uh, cleaners. She knew how to work. Uh, there was no quit in this young lady. She started working before she could even remember it. She knew the value of a day's work and she was honest. Uh, I love the characterization of her as she was always going somewhere. And I had to think about that uh, little white car that she drove while she was with us and sometimes it went somewhere faster than she meant for it to. Uh, <laughs> And I remember a few of those instances in those years when she was uh, when she was with us, when it got a little bit ahead of her. As I heard on the news early Saturday morning uh, about our loss, I, along with with I know you, continued to ask myself the question: Why? Oh, why would somebody do something like this? And God, why would you let something like this happen to somebody so wonderful? Well, there's not an answer to that question right now. And that's real disconcerting for us who loved her and who knew her. It's hard for us to understand. 
But as I tried to begin to think in the positive nature that she always did, I thought about two other questions that there are answers to. And those questions are, where is she now? And what she did. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that today that she's held safely in the arms of God. Finally now, I want to return back to Congressman Matt Collins. You heard from him in the beginning. He was reading Robert Frost. And Collins was a member of the United States House of Representatives from 1993 to 2005. He represented Georgia's 8th Congressional District. Virginia, Lindsay, Meredith, Adam, and Kevin and other family members. Our hearts are heavy. Our minds are wondering why. And we are filled with special memories as we gather to honor the life of Tal. The news came unexpected and was stunning to hear. Immediate disbelief and sadness flowed through each who heard. Thoughts of Tara and to how she came into each of our lives flashed before. The excitement which surrounded her, the love for her family and friends, and the special love for you, Virginia. Each of you will meet people from all walks of life. The same is true for me. One of the rewards of my job is the number of young people who I have the opportunity to become acquainted. Many are in high school or college who own their own or by influence of family become interested in their country and government. They may have an interest in majoring in political science, becoming an attorney, or desire to enter public service. Tara was one of those young adults. She contacted me in October of 1994, her senior year at Lovejoy High School, requesting me to attend an award presentation at Lovejoy High. She said if I would attend, she would buy my lunch. Needless to say, I accepted. Tara was bubbling with excitement. Tara left the next fall for Georgia College to major in political science. Virginia and Lindsay kept Julie and I updated as to the enjoyment and fun she was having in college. Tara's goal was to become an attorney and later in a public service. Her loyalty to me as a friend was evident. I'm told that Kevin would do something to Adam. And immediately he would run to Tara, get in her lap. She would always defend him and always protect him. She loved her brother Adam, whom she affectionately called Bubba Head. She loved her sister Meredith, called Mercedes. Her little brother Kevin, she called Kebby Bear and Baby Darling. And Mom, she called her Mama Squirt because Tara was always called Pee Wee Squirt. 
and her stepdad, whom she took his name because of her love for him. And Chris, her boyfriend, her soulmate. Matthew, Tara's uncle, wrote some thoughts that I want to share with you that I've been asked to share, and I want to just share with you some further insights about her life. Matthew says this, My sister gave me my first niece when I was only eight years old. I remember being so excited about being an uncle at such a young age. My own uncles were old enough to be parents to me, so I had no idea I could be so little and still be one of those special people that had a niece. I bragged to my classmates when she got here. They were merely little kids, but me, I was Uncle Matt. My little brother, four years old, was amazingly enough to be called Uncle Sam. Well, as little kids start to talk, the words almost never came out right at first. My sister, as a small child, had tried to call my grandmother Mama Mural. That became Mama Rail when she would say it. Tara named me Uncle Mash You. Her sister Meredith would later call me Uncle Match You. I thought it was adorable. Having had a younger brother, I knew how destructive they could be. Toys and prized possessions were never safe with the monster loose in my room. But Tara was altogether different. She was soft and sweet and so even-tempered. She was careful and gentle with people and things. As far as I knew, one day I showed to her my prized possession at the time, a little robot I'd made from a styrofoam cup. That's the day I found out that a baby was a baby no matter how pretty or soft or gentle. When I shoved it in her face, look, Tara, look, she promptly ended any ideas I had in my mind about keeping the hideous little robot any longer. She smashed it and then looked at, laughed at me. If my little brother Sam had done this, I would have been devastated and angry, but Tara's laugh was rare and infectious. I merely laughed along with her, tossed it in the trash, and we went to play with more sturdy, store-bought toys. Tara was so many firsts in everyone's lives. My grandmother's life, she was the first great-grandchild. To my mother and father, the first granddaughter. To my sister, her first baby. To myself and my brothers, my sister-in-law, she was the first niece. To my other nieces and nephews, she was the first and eldest of them. She was the first baby girl in our immediate family in many years. She was everyone's little angel. Not only was she a beautiful child, she was so smart, so patient, so affectionate when cuddled. She was a dream come to life for all of us. I loved that lady so much. We were and so very are so very proud of her. I never ever dreamed she would be the first in the family to be taken away in this most heinous manner. This world is sometimes so cruel, perhaps it didn't deserve to have her. This is much too short to even scratch the surface of what she meant to me. So happy to have all my nieces and nephews. They are my special gifts. Mama Rail and her sister, our Aunt Rebecca, have recently gone to heaven. I know those two and all the others, Uncle George, Fred Montalvo, Granddad Patry, Grandmom Patry, and all those who've gone on before Tara came to us for holding her and loving her. I believe that someday when we get to heaven, I believe someday when we see Jesus in all of his glory, in all of his majesty, when we see him approaching us with the print of the nails in his hands, 
we're reminded of the cross and reminded of what he did for us that we might have eternal life. I believe someday there will only be two words that will come forth as far as the questions that we had in life. And here are those two words. Of course. Of course. And when we see Jesus, we'll be able to understand it all. And we'll be able to make sense of it all. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and I really do hope that this brought some closure to some of you as we shift our focus to the investigation and what happened to Tara. I hope you'll tune in this Thursday as we continue to tell Tara's story, and be sure to catch Episode 6, The Timeline, available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Stay well, y'all. I'm Cameron Jay.